This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to get to visit with Dr. Charles Frazier. Dr. Fraser is is the executive director, executive facilitator. He's a he's a cardiovascular surgeon who focuses in pediatrics. But what he what he's doing right now is just fascinating. He is the executive director of the new Institute for Cardiovascular Health. Uh, and he'll tell me the exact name so I don't botch that. But the institute is located in Austin, and it's a partnership between the Ascension Texas Hospitals, which is either the first or second largest faith-based institute in the country, Ascension Healthcare, and the University of Texas Dell School of Medicine. And so he's going to talk to us today about this new institute, about himself, about big priorities and getting this going, the vision for it, and a lot more. Dr. Fraser, thank you so much for joining us. Can you take a moment and tell us a little bit about yourself and your career, and then we'll dive right in in a moment into the new Institute for Cardiovascular Health. Yes, well, thank you very much, Scott. I am a native Texan. I was actually born here in Austin uh, at a time when my father was finishing graduate school, and we come from a heritage of a family that has been um, a burnt orange. We're Longhorns going back for four generations, and so um, after finishing my undergraduate work here in Austin, I went to medical school at the University of Texas Medical Branch and then did all my residency training at the Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, did a fellowship in pediatric cardiac surgery uh, in Australia, and then joined uh, the staff at the Cleveland Clinic for several years before I joined the faculty at Baylor College of Medicine, where I ultimately became the surgeon-in-chief and chief of cardiac surgery at Texas Children's Hospital in Houston. And then I came to Austin in September of 2018 to join the full-time faculty of this new medical school, the University of Texas Dell Medical School uh, in Austin. Phenomenal. And tell us about the new Institute for Cardiovascular Health and what the vision is and the need that it's filling. Well, um, we know that cardiovascular disease is, remains the number one killer uh, in the United States and worldwide. Uh, we know that there's some sobering realities about the prevalence of cardiac disease and the challenges we have uh, as a society in moving the needle on not only mortality but morbidity from cardiac disease. So we have these great institutions. We've got Ascension, Ascension Texas, a lot of hospitals, a huge footprint, a lot of patients in need. We have the growing population in Central Texas and the state of Texas uh, and surrounds. And then we have uh, what I consider one of the preeminent public research universities, the University of Texas, Austin, and a brand new medical school. And so this convergence of people, passion, resource, and commitment um, is to my view and to our view, a really special opportunity to tackle cardiovascular disease, hopefully from a little different perspective, not only focusing on cutting-edge treatments and uh, educating and preparing tomorrow's leaders, but looking at the holistic realities of uh, societal impact of cardiac disease, and thusly the term cardiovascular health, because that's what we're all about. Uh, Scott, right? We're about offering the best, best health opportunities for uh, 
for our patients and families. And that's essentially the uh, underpinning of the medical school also, of uh, the Dell Medical School. And that is uh, the mantra of the medical school is rethink everything, rethink the uh, approaches to healthcare and focus on th those things that are really important to patients and families. So that those are the premises on which we're um, hoping to build this new enterprise. And, and so how much of the enterprise, you by background happen to be a cardiovascular surgeon, how much yeah. of this will be devoted to surgery versus overall health and so forth? Is it really, really ultimately devoted to overall cardiovascular health and, and surgery is just one part of that? How, how do you sort of view that, put that in perspective? Well, exactly. Surgery is just a part of it. You know, frankly, everybody should want to avoid surgery. And um, while it is necessary and very important as part of the armamentarium of addressing cardiac disease, it is a component. And what we've seen in healthcare, and specifically cardiovascular healthcare, is the development of heart teams. That's become almost kind of a cliched term now, heart team approach, but, but it's critically important that we work together as an enterprise of people um, offering the best treatments and the best long-term strategic trajectory for, for our uh, patients. And, you know, so we can develop, I think, an integrated enterprise here that can be really, really effective and hopefully uh, integrated in ways that perhaps we might not be able to do otherwise or this not such a blank canvas. But over and above that, Scott, what we want to do is continue to try to move the needle on focusing on what's important to people's well-being out in the world. And this is where I don't think, to the largest degree, we in medicine have done the best we can do. You know, we think a lot about uh, acute measurements, mortality, hospital length of stay, uh, time on the ventilator, things that are very objectively short-term. We don't focus enough on what life is like outside the hospital. Now, in my specialty, um, you know, I operate on babies. And so that may be measured, hopefully it's measured in many, many decades. And we don't know what we don't know so far. So this is Again, uh, a bold venture, we think, um, but we think the elements are here together to start to really focus in more on the additional things that are very important uh, to people's lives and their well-being. Um, we're also very interested in the value proposition. I've been a long um, admirer and follower of um, Michael Porter and his colleague, Elizabeth Heisberg, and Elizabeth is on the faculty here at UT Austin, has developed uh, the Value Institute for Healthcare. And so we're really interested in meaningful outcomes measures and what does it cost? What does it cost to achieve those outcomes measures? You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, big, a big, bold um, vision, but we think we can really move the needle on this. And give us that. I mean, I've, I've had a chance to visit with um, Elizabeth and Dr. Porter at a luncheon years ago. Brilliant, brilliant thinkers from healthcare to strategy to a whole number of issues. Give us what does this look like? What is a give us a visual because all of us is this a huge building? Is this a partnership amongst research? Will it have satellites? What does it look like physically first, just so we can understand that? Well, physically, right now is uh, it's in 
in our heads. <laughs> we have, so I'm speaking to you right now from Dell Children's Hospital, which is a rapidly expanding quaternary children's hospital in Austin. And it is part of the family of hospitals that make up Ascension, Texas, which is 14 inpatient uh, facilities uh, across a broad geography in central Texas. So that's our physical plant right now. Um, and we interdigitate with the new University of Texas Dell Medical School, which is right on the uh, campus of UT Austin, which is right across the street from um, a brand new hospital, the Dell Seton Hospital, which is a level one trauma center. Uh, for Greater Austin and Central Texas, and just a you know a vibrant new environment. I was curious about Dr. Fraser. Is a, let me ask you a follow-up question to that then. Yeah, sure. What does it look like in terms of sort of sort of it really becomes you know for lack of a better word or term, hospital within a hospital, strategy amongst the hospital to to become sort of develop this greatness in cardiovascular and cardiovascular research and cardiovascular practices and so forth. It, but so it, really a couple of different questions. Will there be full-time staff dedicated to the Institute for Cardiovascular Health? And, and what does that look like? And then in what is the vision of it? What is, what is the intention of it? At some point, will there be a dedicated building to it or no? Is it really intended to be, no, a, 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 a team, a group, a strategy that really develops and utilizes and optimizes all the assets that are there now to really focus on cardiovascular. How does that look like? What does that look like? Well, first let me say that this is not my singular vision. So, and the vision will be uh, unfold over the next number of years. And my intent and the and intent of both Ascension and the University of Texas is for us to all develop this together. Now there are certain elements that I think are immutable. First of all, the best outcomes are attained in places with focused personnel and completely dedicated people. So that will and is a critical element of this. There will be component parts that will remain probably where they are. So for example, my world is pediatric and congenital heart disease. That's gonna be in the children's hospital. We don't anticipate a different facility for the children and adolescents and young adults to be transitioned uh, in the same hospital to adult care. I do expect that over the next five to 10 years, there will be uh, new adult facilities uh, in the greater Austin area. Where and what that looks like remains to be determined. But, you know, this city is exploding and it is needed. Uh, new um, state-of-the-art facilities um, are needed, and uh, it's, you know it's an exciting proposition that we see uh, ahead. But that I don't think uh, Scott will be a singular campus. I mean, you know, people live out where they live, and not everybody has to come to a singular institution or a single singular facility to get the sort of integrated care that we're talking about. But we want to think about it and, more importantly, analyze our um, outcomes and performance as a singular enterprise. So I don't personally see a single institution uh, or single uh, physical structure handling all of that. 
right now. No, and that makes a great deal of sense, and and it's probably a, a, a ton better way to look at a lot of these things going forward versus adding on more bricks and mortars necessarily. One last question, Dr. Fraser. How much of heart disease is based on genetics, purely the genetics, versus environment, habits, and so forth? I know that's an impossible question, but just give us a moment in that concept of how much is based on genetics versus behavioral attributes and social determinants of health and lifestyle and so forth. Yeah, well, I would be unqualified to comment on the percentage influence of the various things. Uh, there's no question that you know our knowledge and our understanding of the uh, heritable impact uh, or the genetic impact on our cardiovascular wellness is important. And you know, I, I guess people sometimes say things that are like you can't beat your genes. Well, I'm not sure that's entirely true. And I'm very gratified to see some of the interest from the broader cardiac community, meaning adult cardiac practitioners, on the stage that we're setting in childhood, early childhood, for a lifetime of cardiovascular woe. And we know, with sobering truth, but we know, for example, that children who become sedentary, who are obese, who develop pre-diabetic conditions, who become uh, diabetics, uh, you know, they're, they're setting the stage for a lifetime of cardiovascular um, illness. And so my hope is that one of the platforms that we will really promote in this new institute is the fact that, you know, we can throw tremendous amounts of money at the end-stage effects of cardiac uh, illness. But if we don't get at the core causes, genetics, of course, being one of them, but lifestyle influence, and it's immutable. I mean, I, I can't quote the source, but it's been documented that during the pandemic, the uh, prevalence of obesity in childhood went up significantly in the United States. That should be deeply disturbing to all of us. It is deeply disturbing to me. And I can tell you as a cardiac surgeon who's operated on children my entire career, I sometimes have the sad opportunity to look inside hearts of little babies and find evidence of early cardiac disease, atherosclerotic, acquired cardiac disease, poor health, poor diet, sedentary lifestyle. It sets the stage for things that then manifest later in, in life. So we're hoping that working together as an integrated enterprise, we can talk about these things and think about longitudinal strategies to address this. I mean, Scott, you know that life expectancy in the United States over the last decade has not improved. Now, that just shouldn't be. We don't stand head-to-head -head with developed countries around the world in that regard, and that, that should be something that is of deep concern to everyone, particularly given how much money we spend in our country on health, health care. It, it, is, it is so true. And there's, there's other stats. It's, it's such, so much you said at the end of the day, if we don't fix this at the earlier spot, it's just a flood of people coming at the system to try and get fixed in a much more, a much more expensive, much more difficult spot than yeah. if we fix and improve cardiovascular health early. Dr. Fraser, I want to thank you for joining us today. I can't wait to actually get you to talk to you more about this 
and the evolution of the Institute for Cardiac Cardiovascular Health. Just phenomenal. What a phenomenal career in leadership. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Scott. Thank you.